Welcome to the First Pres Podcast, which features the message from this past Sunday's worship. If you'd like to worship with us in person, our services are Sunday mornings at 8.20, 9.45, and 11.10. You can learn more about First Pres at www.first-pres.org. Friends, open your Bibles with me or turn on your Bibles on your phone or your iPad or whatever you have to bring the Word of God into your life. You know I don't care what it is as long as the Word is coming into your life. So open your Bibles, would you? And let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 1 through 12. Hear now the word of the Lord. Therefore, since through God's mercy we have this ministry, we do not lose heart. Rather, we have renounced secret and shameful ways. We do not use deception, nor do we distort the word of God. On the contrary, by setting forth the truth plainly, we commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For what we preach is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God, not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. For we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that his life may also be revealed in our mortal body. So then death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. Let's pray. Lord, send your Holy Spirit to open our hearts and to shed on us the light of Christ. Speak to us through your word, our Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, our, our worship schedule changes next month. Do you remember when? Good. And most that I talk to are, are sticking with a worship service that's nearest to the one that they currently um, attend, but others are changing their service, which reminded me of a joke. <laughs> there was a boy in the back of the hall of the church reading the names on a memorial board when the pastor came by, and the boy said, well, who, who are these names, pastor? And the pastor said, oh, those are very special members of our church. Those are members of the church who died in the service. <laughs> the boy's eye, some of you have heard this joke, I can t- the boy's eyes got, got large, his face went pale. He said, Pastor, which service? The nine o'clock or the 11? <laughs> Be careful which service you choose, right? 
We are making a change, church. We are making a change. We're making a change to, to, to worship well, to simplify our Sunday mornings, to make it easier to invite a friend. We're making a change. Some might wonder why make a change at all. Why change things? Well, you know, the church in the U.S. and our church, we're losing traction. The church is in decline. Year after year, fewer people show up for Sunday morning services. And even if they say they're committed Christians, they come to church fewer and fewer times for the month or for the year. We need a turnaround. To reach people we haven't reached before, we have to do things we haven't done before. Let me put it this way, because this lies heavy on my heart. Just a 5% decline in our church over the next 10 years. 10 years of 5% decline, and we face institutional collapse in 2027. I am not going to be the last pastor of First Pres Colorado Springs. Can we just commit to that right now? Will you say that? That's not going to happen. We are going to adapt. We are going to grow. We're going to thrive. We are going to find our way into the next generation and be used of Christ to reach the lost and spiritually darkened of our times. This church is going to flourish for Jesus Christ. And one day, long from now, one day we are going to hand off this church in strength to a generation as yet unborn. Are you with me? Amen. How? How are we going to do this? The same way the church always has, by renewing our mission to reach the lost with the light of Christ. We today renew our commitment to bring the light of Christ to the lost. Where have we been in 2 Corinthians? Where have we been in this series? We've seen how God wanted a church in Corinth. Not a temple to compete with the temple of Venus, not a theater to compete with the 15,000 seat theater where Sophocles and Euripides were made famous. Not a coliseum to compete with the games or a market to outbusiness the businesses, no. A church, a gathered community of humble people saved by the grace of Jesus Christ and committed to the glory of his name. A community marked by certain characteristics, marked by comfort and hope and forgiveness and promise, not only marked but overflowing with these characteristics, bringing uh, uh, deliverance to the captives, confidence to the weak, committed not only to experiencing the gifts of God, but sharing them with the world. The church is fed on the word of God. And when the word is preached and the truth of Jesus is proclaimed, well, then the Holy Spirit blows down on this humble group and souls are unveiled. And they begin to see the light of Christ. And they turn from eternal spiritual darkness to eternal and everlasting light in Jesus. 
See, more than any other mission, more than any other activity, this is the mission of the church to bring the good news of Jesus Christ to the lost. And do you know, do I have to tell you? The theater in Corinth is empty. The temples in Corinth, they're in ruins. But the church, the church thrives, not only there, but from there across the world. Don't bet against the church of Jesus Christ. Jesus set the mission for us before he ascended to heaven. Here are the last words Jesus said as recorded by Matthew, Matthew 28. Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, what? Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I'm with you, I'm with you, to the end, to the very end of the age. Now do you see the primacy of worship there? They went to the mountain, they worshiped him, then Jesus said to them. They worshiped him, then Jesus said to them. If you want a mission, you need to worship. You need to hear from Jesus, and then you go. Our purpose is worship, and our mission is clear. Go and make disciples of all people. Be a worshiping body that makes disciples of Jesus Christ wherever I send you. That's the mission. And that's exactly the mission that Paul reminds the Corinthian church about today. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Look at verses 1 through 4. Therefore, since through God's mercy we have this ministry, we do not lose heart. Rather, we've renounced secret and shameful ways. We do not use deception, nor do we distort the word of God. On the contrary, by setting forth the truth plainly, we commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. God has given us this ministry. By his mercy we have this ministry, so we do not lose heart. We don't lose heart. God has given us a mission, a cause, a, a viable ministry of taking the light and life of Jesus Christ into dark places and seeing the darkened, unveiled, saved, restored in Jesus Christ. And we do not lose heart. And we don't have to use deception or tricks or parlor tricks or any kind of trickeration at all. All we do is present Jesus truthfully, honestly, Openly, we do not distort the word of God, but it's an uphill battle. It's an uphill battle. The forces of darkness distort and deceive. They blind minds, cover ears, shout down truth, reject God and his light, but we never lose track of our mission and we never lose heart. We are a movement to bring the light of Christ to the lost. Verses five and six. For what we preach is not ourselves. It's not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake 
For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. Some preachers uh, just repeat things really loud for emphasis. You know, just say it again, only louder. I'm tempted to yell this verse as loud as I can. We don't preach ourselves, we preach Christ. In fact, if anyone who would truly glorify Christ, they cannot glorify themselves. Pastor Kent Hughes said, when a man or woman exalts Christ, there is no room for self-exaltation. I am going to openly declare to you the glories of Jesus. Without falsehood, without any, any tricks, any, any kind of, of deception, I'm going to openly declare to you the glories of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You, in your relationships, in your friendships, in the places where the Lord has put you, you have a ministry. You are going to display Jesus. Jesus, not your glories, not your victories, not your personal conquests, not your power or success or self-promotion or how you put your life together, how you made it work, not your convictions on this or that. You're going to share Jesus. Say it with me. I'm going to share Jesus. And in that, in this, the light of Christ shines in the darkness. In this, we bring Christ to the lost. Can the lost see Christ? Can, can the veiled become unveiled? Can light shine in the darkness? In what I consider to be a real breakthrough book by a friend of mine named Don Everts, also a, a pastor, he, he wrote a book called I Once Was Lost. And in that book, Don explores the possibility of moving from non-belief to belief in an age like ours. And what he found working with InterVarsity Campus Ministry, what he found was this. It takes time. We like to think of conversion as an immediate event triggered by the right presentation at the right time with the right display of knowledge. While, while that can happen, while that still can happen, most come to Christ on a journey, a journey of many steps crossing many thresholds. Don identifies five, five thresholds. The first one he says is a non-believer must trust a Christian. Step one. He starts that chapter with a story of, of a, a college student saying to a friend in the dorm, I knew you to be a God guy, and I wasn't the least bit interested in anything that came out of your mouth. <laughs> Honest? Maybe you're there with some relationship in your life. Maybe you're there with a relative or someone very near to you. They've stopped listening to you when you talk about Jesus. You need to build trust. You need to cross the trust threshold and you need to take them across that threshold patiently, the threshold of trust. And then come four more, then comes curiosity and then opening up to life change and then seeking after God and only then accepting Christ and entering the kingdom. These thresholds, they can be jumped across in one instant, they really can, but often they take years, years to traverse. 
And it takes a, a faithful friend to walk with someone through that. Can the lost ever see Christ? Verse one, since through God's mercy we have this ministry, we do not lose heart. You have a ministry. You're in the relationships you're in, you're in the places that you're in so that you can bring Christ to the lost around you. You have this ministry by the mercy of God. Do not lose heart. Can the lost ever see Christ? Well, you did. You did. Look at, uh, look at verse six again. For God, who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. Can I just shout, turn up the volume to 10? Can I shout it? I want to yell it until we get it. Can the lost see Christ? You did. I did. The same God who said, let light shine out of darkness. The same God who spun all things into being in creation. The same God who brought being itself out of nothing, who made life, who caused the sun to shine, who formed the mountains and the seas and the animals and the plants. The same God who formed us, who gave us life. The same God who brought order out of chaos. This same God, by all of that very same power that brought light into being, the same God by the same power speaks to you today. By the same power that brought creation into being, God casts darkness out of your mind. He unveils the heart. He casts out confusion and doubt and shines the light of Christ into your darkened life by that same power. Can it happen? It happened to you, it happened to me. Why do you doubt that it could happen to your son? Why do you doubt that it could happen to your mother, to your coworker, to your friend at, at high school? This last week our community suffered again. As a child in our community, a teenager in our community chose to take his own life. And God bless Young Life Ministries who was rushing at this kid and others with all that they had to bring the light of Jesus. And they were pushing hard. And they were rushing towards these kids with the light of Jesus. And God bless their work. Church, believers, Christians, God has shed his light in our lives. Should we just sit idly by while darkness and hopelessness take root in the next generation? We do not lose heart, and we do not lose our hope. We have this ministry. We can find a way. We can find a way to bring Christ, the light and the life of Jesus Christ, to the lost. And we'll do it in our weakness, not in our strength. Paul knew this. He reminds the church in Corinth that it's by the Spirit and the power of God 
that we do any of this. We have this treasure in jars of clay. It's through the cracks in our armor that the light of Christ shines through. It's when we share our vulnerability that that others can see Jesus in us. The greatest evangelistic method I know is summed up in three words. Be a friend. Be a friend. Be a friend to someone in your school. Be a friend to someone at work. Be a friend to your neighbor. Enough of a friend that you know what they're struggling with, that you can pray for them. Enough of a friend that they can see the cracks in your armor, the vulnerabilities in your life, the places where the power of God shines through in your weakness. Be a friend. But you know, we don't want to. Let's be honest. We don't want to do these things. We don't want to do what's necessary. I don't, I don't want to do them most days. Let's go back to the level of church You know, it is not that hard to do things as a church to be more effective for Christ. Pastor uh, Craig Rochelle was trained in the Methodist church. Now he leads a non-denominational church with mostly video teaching and two dozen locations in multiple states. They opened a church in Kansas just one year ago, and last Sunday, that church in Kansas hosted 1,700 people for worship in one year. In one year. It's not that hard to do a few things to make a church more helpful to Jesus, to make a church a more effective instrument in his hand. But we don't want to do those things. I don't want to do them most of the time, you know? We don't want to change. But maybe we can be open to some change, can't we? Can't we? Not silly things, not flash in the pan things, not, but responsible, biblical, thoughtful things. Sure we can, sure we can. But mostly, it's about a change in our hearts. The most important change that we can make is the change in our hearts, yours and mine. I don't want to be the last generation of Christians to worship at this church, do you? I don't want to be that. And so I want my heart open. It's about our hearts. By the mercies of God, we have this ministry. You have this ministry. Do not lose heart. This is a movement. It's a living, breathing movement of God. Will you be a part of it? Will you lean into it? Will you take one risk? Let me put it this way. What one risk will you take this week to bring Christ to the lost? Will you, after all this series of movement and talking about this direction of moving together as a church, will you take one step closer to the heart of Jesus who loves this world so much he gave his life on the cross to seek and to save the lost? Will you take one step closer to the heart of Jesus? What relationship, what friendship is waiting for you to take one further risk, to cross one more threshold together, one more step toward the light of Christ breaking in on that soul? Or let's sharpen the pencil this way. Who does God want you to invite to church next Sunday. 
this week. Who is it? Write it down. Who does God want you to do? You know, it's still the case that eight out of ten people, when they're asked, they say, I would go to church if a friend invited me. Eight out of ten. You know, you just say, hey, we're friends. You want to come to church? Would you like to see my church? It's a big part of my life. I'm devoted to it. I'd love to have you see it. We can grab a sandwich after, go for a bike ride, whatever. You know? Just because we're friends. Or would you like to come and see a, a, a traveling gallery of incredibly inspiring artwork all based on one of the most famous stories of Jesus. It's in my church. Do you want to come see it with me? Why not? Let's go. You want to? A friend in the church was so excited when, um, when I shared that invitation to revival that the church gave out in 1877. He loved it. I love it. I have it framed in my office, the invitation to new life in Christ here at First Pres. But... He was excited about it, and what he thought, what he thought was that I was going to announce a revival meeting in, in June. No. You see, we're past that. Actually, we need to go further than that. That's not far enough. We are going to participate in revival. We are going to be a revival church. We're going to, to pray that the Lord does things here to manifest his glory like we've never asked or imagined or seen. We're going to be a revival church where people meet new life in Jesus Christ and the invitation to revival is every Sunday morning. Every Sunday morning is a chance to know Jesus Christ. Every Sunday morning is an opportunity to be changed forever. Every Sunday morning the word is presented. The gospel is clear. Jesus is present. The power of God is present. Every Sunday morning the same God that brought the world into being and brought light out of darkness is here to dispel the darkness and shine the light of Jesus in your life. Do not lose Hope, do not lose heart. We have this ministry in Jesus' name. Let's pray. Lord, we do pray that you would use each one of us in this church exactly as you want to do. Make us, Lord, like clay in your hands and shape us to use us for your glory to reach the lost with the light of Christ. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thanks for listening to our First Prez podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at first-prez.org.